Hello, everybody. Welcome to Views. As y'all know. Anyways, um, as to commemorate the uh, the last episode of the year, um, this is just gonna be K-pop, K-drama things, kind of things. Y'all know, y'all know how it goes. Y'all know how it is. So let's get into it. Uh, but first and foremost, I wanted to wish everybody Merry Christmas. Um, I was unavailable during Christmas. I would have posted something in, during Christmas, but I didn't. Um, but I would like to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And that um, I hope that sh- you will be able to accomplish the your new goals. As you know, new year, new goals, new beginnings. And we know that we have a lot more waiting for us in 2021. And I hope that you'll be able to achieve everything that you wanted or anything that you wish you want to improve or you want to get. Um, So let's get into it. So as we all know, as we all know, um, this year was low-key a tough year, um, not only for us, but also for music industry, uh, acting, and most, mostly, mainly the music industry, especially in my country. Um, it was really bad because it felt as if there's no plan for our artists, our local artists. It's not the same as in the Western um, in music industry like America or the Asian music industry where, you know, they're very advanced, you know, because we're not as advanced like that. So um, it felt as if uh, there was a lot of, uh, what, I, what can I say? It felt as if things were stagnant. It got better, but they i wouldn't say it got better better just meaning that it's, the situation just became something that we were used to seeing but let's get into it this year k-pop and the k-drama world i think was very interesting probably one of the most interesting years ever because it's not every day that, let me not say it's not every day. It's just that it was, it was nice to see how the K-pop industry managed this, handled it. You know, some groups having, you know, um, I mean, what do you call them? Companies uh, try, trying that shot. Let me not say trying that shot, but just trying taking chances basically with having some of the groups uh have a comeback during uh what you call it during uh the COVID season one group would be got seven got seven was probably it was the first uh group under jyp travel comeback during the COVID season i also think txt also is probably a victim of that um 
Victon, I remember Victon had a comeback around that time. What was it? And I see Mayday. I don't know if that was the song of the comeback or what. So not only these groups that I've mentioned, but the other groups that went through a lot, even within, but as time went, they adjusted. Um, for K-dramas, I think it was just the same. I think K-dramas is just that uh, they had much more of an advantage this year because people were mainly at home than out there. So I think, you know, the high ratings, Netflix also putting so many, oh my God, Netflix has been on a roll. Like right now, I just finished watching Sweet Dream, Sweet Home. Um, I still have Run On to watch. I still have, who else? From Run On, I have um, Love Struck in the City. That's also another drama that I have to watch. I haven't even started it yet. Funny enough, but then I had downloaded the things, the episodes, and then, like, I don't know what happened to them. So that I watched them offline, but I don't know what happened to them. So I guess I have to re-download them again, which is low-key annoying because, like, downloading is very hard. Well, in terms of my phone, it's not like it's very hard. I just have to make sure that it's just there. Anyways, so that's just what happened. Um, so let me start with K-dramas. Not K, yeah, K-dramas are the best. Um, I had a, I think this year's K-dramas were the most healing K-drama releases you would ever, ever watch or ever see because they were so calming. It's like they were especially meant for this year. Any K-drama that was released this year was like, it was pleasant for us. You, if you understand what I mean. I think people who watch K-dramas don't understand from which angle I'm trying to get from. They were a lot healing. They were comforting. And even during this period where it feels as if there's not, there's not, you don't know what to do. They were very... It was really nice to have something to look forward to. I think that was the best way to put it. It was actually really nice to have something to look forward to because it's not every day where K-drums are just like this on a roll. And they were on a roll this year. It's not a, they were on a roll this year. And I'd love to say a thank you to them. Um, I would say a special thanks to, who would I say? I said it this year with Crash Landing on You. I remember very much uh, because I was continuing it because it came like during the end of last year. So I was continuing it. And then from Crash, I think I'm, I, uh, I moved on to watching Hi Bye Mama. I'll never forget Hi Bye Mama. Probably the one drama that made me cry the most. Um, but oh well, there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> um then what else 
then we had a whole lot of dramas <laughs> the thing is i can't count all of them because i don't know how many dramas i actually did watch me <laughs> like it's come to that point where you're like i don't know how many dramas i actually did watch this year uh but they were a lot really a lot a lot a lot and right now I currently finished Sweet Home. Sweet Home made a whole entire buzz in the industry. Not only not only in the K-pop industry, but also in the not, not K-pop, not only in the Korean South Korean industry, uh drama industry, but also in the western industry. It was really really phenomenal. And I literally finished it last night on the third, you know, this the today. Um, and I'd like to applaud it because I generally did not watch the webtoon. I did not read the webtoon, uh, since it's a webtoon drama, it's adapted from a webtoon. I didn't read the webtoon, so I think that what I think is that people who did not watch the webtoon i mean read the webtoon actually enjoy the drama more than those that did in my opinion anyways the reason i say this is because i now realize why people were like hey this this and that i think if you read it you wouldn't have enjoyed it the way I would have enjoyed it, if you understand what I'm trying to say. And it was actually really cool, especially the ending. For me, I think towards episode like eight going down there did it for me. I'm, I'm not even lying. It actually did it for me because it became more interesting, you know. It became more interesting. You know, got so complicated, and also Hinsu. Ah, oh, this drama was it was really cool, especially for horror kind of thriller kind of movie. I mean, drama. It was really really cool. You know, I think last time I watched such horror things was probably, uh, Kingdom. Yeah, ha. Kingdom was also another drama that I discovered. I discovered it when they released season two. I remember it was during the time, the promotion time for season two. And I was like, huh, I should watch season one then. Cause it was convenient. Six episodes, 45 minutes long and 45 minutes. And then I removed two minutes, two, three minutes because technically 40 minutes because it's like those five minutes are used in other stuff. It was like, huh. I guess I could watch this, and I did, and I enjoyed it. And I noticed this year there was a lot of, I think the trend under, let me say, Asian dramas was horror. Horror kind of dark kind of themes. I think that, that was the trend. It was horror and some psychological, it was, and psychological deep things deep meaning like somebody having some deep past and being attached to it and it changed the personality you know like um this drama the one that re the what the husband the guy who who was 
a serial killer. Ah, I forgot what it was. Evil flower, the flower of evil, something like that. Um, it's okay to not be okay. Find me in your memory. You know the, those dramas. And then that was the second theme I noticed. Third theme was dramas that were addressing issues that are there in the society, like mental health. Uh, Ita Ward class also addressed probably I think political issues, or let me not say political, political issues, but issues. I think Ita Ward classes of uh, like issues that are there, uh, and probably I think class issues, like social class issues. I addressed that. Um, and I think the main thing this year was also romance, but not obvious romance. In all these uh, themes, there was romance in romance that you actually appreciate as a viewer, as the audience. I think that was another thing that came up today. And in general, uh, K dramas this year were really creative, interesting plots, plot twists, stories. A lot of tears shed um, with these dramas. So I guess the K-drama industry or Asian drama industry, mind you, I don't only watch um, Korean dramas, I also watch Japanese dramas or uh, Chinese dramas. Chinese dramas or some can be Taiwan, I, 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 I recently found out. So also that. There's, apparently there's mainland China and then Taiwan. So between those two, also I've watched a few dramas. So I've watched a lot of Asian dramas this year. It's, it's crazy. Um, in terms of the Western industry, I think I there's a show that I've watched. Uh, what was it? Uh, the good, the bad place. No, the good place. I think it's one of the series that I genuinely enjoyed that I'm actually looking forward to season four. Whoops. Sorry, the mic fell. Um, season four, uh, because it, I, I think I finished it in like three to five days. One of three, I remember three the most, because I don't know, because I remember I finished season one in a day, not even in a day. I know that I finished season one in a day instead of season two in that same day. So it was, that good for me i think i just I, I think what did it for me was that i didn't expect it to turn out the way that it did that's why i was like uh dramas this year got a lot creative you know it wasn't i mean shows this year got creative you know it was interesting to see the creativity because they were trying to make content for people who are actually at home and we actually appreciated it that's what i really loved about it uh other than that um i'd like to say thank you to the asian drama industry to the western uh industry i mean uh acting entertainment industry for genuinely providing and releasing such great movies, such great dramas, such great series. You know, there's some series that I started watching from scratch, like um, The Big Bang. I'm actually on season three right now. Big Bang Theory, I'm actually on season three. Those are some of the, you know, the dramas that I've watched this year. I mean, shows that I've watched also this year. So I'd like to say thank you for that. And I hope that as we go forward, you know, continue reason such great 
content because this year's um entertainment industry entertainment content was really good uh and uh, the same goes to now let's move on to music in terms of the western music and the asian music it was really good you know found new ost soundtracks um artists such as ariana releasing such great albums you know a lot of artists hitting making history you know not only for that country or for the but also for themselves you know breaking their personal records doing the most this year um this year was actually quite eventful actually and i feel like you see the modeling see the entertain the arts the arts industry where there's music drama photography all that i think it did the most this year. I, I feel like it shone it shone shined i want i want to say the past tense of shine <laughs> anyways this it did the most it shines so bright this year i feel like they handled handled the covid-19 situation much well or better than any other industry or economical industry which was really nice to see um and then oh i got so technical about things hey and then let's get into uh k-pop k-pop was really interesting this year a lot of amazing releases you know beginning of the year um we had i wouldn't say fire songs i think it began the it started music started began be, began to feel as if it's the shit when the covid i don't know i'm sorry i'm sorry i have nothing against those who released music in the beginning of the year but i feel like it began to feel like it's the shit like probably in the second quarter of the year march april yeah, like around April going down there, I feel like music became it. Um, I think it's because now it was the aim of not only releasing music for yourself, but also for your fans that they can enjoy this, you know, moment. So it was really nice to see that with a lot of comebacks, you know, groups who did big this year. Big example, BTS. NCT Stray Kids, honorable mention Stray Kids, they did really well this year. Even though I'm a bit worried for them, I'll mention that later. You know, Got Seven, not only not doing big in terms of that, but doing big in terms of the accomplishments they've done this year. They're really huge accomplishments. That's really amazing. Uh, Blackpink, a lot of rookie groups. I've, I think. In my opinion, I think we need to put a little, I think we need like a six months break from any group debuting next year. I feel like there's so much, so many groups debuted this year. It's not even funny anymore. So many groups debuted. I feel like the market has become so saturated that I won't lie to you. It feels as if K-pop is losing its thing. Because there's so many groups, and all the groups who are not even that old, like Monster X, God Seven, BTS, are now considered the sub, sub, sub Sombes, Sombenims, Ajushis, Ajushi, Samchuns, you know? They're now senior artists, but they're not actually that old. 
you know, there's six, seven, five-year groups, but they're not actually that old. It's just that the market is just saturated with so many fourth-generation artists that I feel like we somehow need a break from that. I think, I don't know, but I, I feel like if they're music and this, um, companies are actually paying attention to the fact we need a break from a lot of groups debuting because a lot of groups debuted this year and if even if a more groups debut next year i don't think it'll be that interesting now because i feel like people have not got on with their lives this year the reason why groups that debuted this year were so successful is because people people had the time and people paid attention and life wasn't moving on as that much but now life is moving on and now it's not like we can give them our full attention, you understand? So I feel like um, we need like a, like even if it's like a three months break, like we need a break from seeing groups that are debuted. I am so sorry, but I'm sorry. I am so tired of groups that debuted because there's like the more than 10, that one I can tell you, they are more than 10. And just the second, I mean the last cut of the year, I think there was Stacy. There was the group that released Stacy. What what song does Stacy release? The Stacy, the secret number. Okay, let me not say the last cut of the year, but the Stacy Aspa secret number. Um, MCND treasure. Uh, oh. There's so many. <laughs> I feel like there are other groups that I don't know their names, but I know they did debut. Did DKB also debut this year? I don't know, but I'm not gonna count it because I'm not sure. Um, hmm. Also new members being added to NCT, Shotaro, and I don't know, I is it me, me, you? No. Let me not say, I don't know who the other guy's name is. I think Shotaro because he's very adorable. He's such an adorable guy. Let me just say kid, because not like they're that many years older than me, honestly. I'm just saying. Uh, anyways, but um, that was just the K-pop industry. Now, what I want to change, then the trends that happened, there was a lot of hardcore music hardcore music meaning there was a lot of music that was it felt as if it's noise or there was a lot of aggressive beats an example not aggressive in that way but it was like hard a good example would be on not by the moon uh straight kids both straight kids tracks um god's menu but god's menu tops it up uh backdoors even a bit, a bit better uh god's menu fantasy fantasy there's a lot of groups aha and something i've noticed i don't know if it's because i'm a god seven fan or what but ever since jb had the long hair last year and you calling my name and he was he made it like everyone's talking about jb last year end of year especially the end of year awards and all that almost every single male idol seems to be growing their hair you know jungkook jk jk he originally had long hair and then he cut it and then i think 
I don't know, maybe JB did inspire him to grow his hair back again, or he just thought as of, oh, it's nice to see somebody with long hair. Let me do it again, you know? JK had long hair, Hume being had long hair. This guy in Monster X, I don't know his name, but I know his face has long hair. So many artists have long hair. It's starting to itch on me. Like ever since JB came back with long hair and now he doesn't have long hair. It's like every single male idol has long hair. It's so weird. It's honestly so weird. Even like the first like six, four or five months of the year, you know how God 7 came back with You Call My Name in Suits? It's like almost every single male idol group came back with a concept where they wear suits. It's like, what? <laughs> no, excluding BTS. They didn't wear suits. I don't remember them. They would wear suits, yeah, performance-wise, but not as part of the concept and, and stuff. They were really creative this year, I think, with Black Swan, personally. Black Swan. But a lot of artists' suits was like a thing in the beginning of the year. It's not even funny anymore. And then in the other half of the year, it's like we were releasing music for TikToks now, like 17s left and right. I actually don't like it. I, I can listen to it if there's, let's say, they're currently performing live and I have no choice but to watch them. But it's like we were now, at some point, it felt as if we were releasing music for TikTok. Because like every single song that was released, it was on TikTok also. That was another thing that I noticed in the in the industry. Mm, another thing was that, and then as the year went, the moment JYP released When We Disco, no, the moment Tommy released Purapi Pam, it's like now the theme became retro, dynamite, um, uh, Mago, Blue Hour, Home Run, like and I can't stop me. There was so many, so much music that had like retro vibes. Um, another thing is, I'm gonna mention these two groups: Stray Kids and Twice. Let me start with Twice. I don't know. I may not be a big ones. I don't stand them, but I'm a fan of them. As in, I listen to their music. But I won't lie, let's be honest. Let's genuinely be honest. I can't stop me saved twice. Cause if you noticed in all, you know how in the end of the year that those best 2020 songs, more and more is nowhere to be seen. Nor even the album. I think it's because not only, even if it was a transition album, it didn't have that striking impression on people like I can't stop me did. And that's why personally, I feel that I Can't Stop Me and the Eyes Wide Open album was the shit, if you understand. So, and with Cry For Me, and I love the fact that they didn't have a, those, those cutie songs in Eyes Wide Open. Like, they didn't do what they did in More and More, where they have all these songs and then all of a sudden the last song is, we know, no, we're still the twice that you know. They came back with an album where they're like, we are now going with this route. And I really love that. And then Stray Kids, not Stray Kids, as a fourth, they're probably one of the best, um, one of the more popular uh, fourth generation artists currently because of their two major comebacks that actually did them real good. 
and JYP seems to be promoting them a lot. Um, but I think now I feel like with God Seven being older, I'm worried for Stray Kids transition into music. I feel that their music is so hard, as in it's so it's hardcore that. Because you're not, you you can't be, you won't be able to keep that hardcore music until, like, even five, uh, uh, how, I think they debuted in 2018, so, and it's 2020, in that fifth year, there is no way they'll still be doing songs like God's Menu, that one I can guarantee, and now, personally, I feel that I don't know how they're gonna transition from God's Menu backdoor into a more mature vibe. I don't know how it's gonna work out for them because they already have this image as that kind of group. It's not the same as God Seven, where God Seven has had this versatile discography. God Seven has been a versatile group, so it didn't feel as if because of the concepts changing every single comeback, it didn't feel as if they're transitioning because the B sides did it for them. That B-Side showed who they truly are, that B-Side song. So I, so right now, even if you look at them now, you don't feel as if, no, this is weird for a senior group. So I'm, I'm worried on how, I want to see how they're going to transition from that. But other than that, whew, 31 seconds. Stray Kids, I'm not Stray Kids, K-pop was an amazing year, an amazing year for K-pop. I can't believe I spent another 30 minutes again. But anyways, I want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, enjoy your 2021, stay safe, wear your mask, stay at home, go out if you need to. I love you guys. Continue supporting me and catch the views of the...